Better Yet Podcast. I'm Duke Chris, your host. Better Yet! It's a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. Gene Clark from the recently reissued No Other, honestly, absolute legend. My word. Jake Collinson. Of the mighty judiciary is on the show this week. Lubbock, Texas's own fantastic conversation to share with you all this week. Thank you for coming back to another episode of Better Yet. Hey, and a quick shout out too. Overdue one, really. Uh, but I am in a tremendous debt lately to Crutch of Memory. And that's a recording studio in Appleton, Wisconsin. That's run by Amos of Tenement and Dusk, and along with other members of Dusk, Colin Wild, who's a friend of the show. Um, you should all follow them on Instagram. It's at Crutch of Memory, all one word, aside from studio photos and the like. They'll post pictures of records, and I have been leaning heavy on these recommendations. Just if you if you want it this weekend when you're hiding from the people that you're supposed to be spending time with you want to jump in on some 70s country some weirdo jazz they've been treating me right highly recommend it go down that rabbit hole we're glad to be here this week on the on the holiday week this is sometimes i take this week off other times i think you know what Weekends like these are really, really helpful to have an excuse to go off and do something different from what you've been doing all day, every day. So hopefully this is a good chance for you to uh, spend some time alone or with others. Introduce them. Tell your friends. (laughs) We've got a live show coming up Saturday, December 7th at 3 p.m. We're doing a matinee live episode of Better Yet. It's at Schur's. For those who tour house in Lincoln Park, right here in Chicago, 
sure has invited us over for conversations and performances with our guests Namdi, Kayana, Avery Springer, and Seth Engel. And you're invited too. Space is limited. Head over to my Instagram at better.yet. We've got an RSVP link, which you can also find in the episode notes for this week's show. Guests will be selected at random. So RSVP and cross your fingers. Hope you can be there with me and Namdi and Kaina and Avery and Seth. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a very fun time. That's Saturday, December 7th at 3 p.m. And before we get into the interview, let me tell you about Patreon. Patreon is a way for you to help support this show by pledging a monthly amount in exchange for bonus audio content. I've been recapping the end of the 2010s over on Patreon making playlists. We've got Radio Free Better Yet. It's more like a free form uh, radio show and postcards and mixtapes are over there. You pledge a monthly amount, even a couple bucks helps to keep this show going. Head on over to patreon.com slash better yet podcast. All right. My guest this week is Jake Collinson of Judiciary. Judiciary is an exciting hardcore band from Lubbock, Texas, who released their first LP earlier this year on Closed Casket Activities. It's a record called Surface Noise. But Surface Noise was just part of a six-year journey from this band who self-released a demo in 2014, the Access of Quality EP in 2016, and a split with Mortality Rate. All three of these releases creating waves putting the band on hardcore festival bills like Sound and Fury, national tours, and a European tour. All this before the release of Surface Noise, which is a punishing document of metallic hardcore influenced very heavily by the band's hometown and home state. You can hear that in Jake's lyrics, but what really comes out in this interview is the story of a band who come out of a small town looking to prove themselves and putting in the time to make themselves heard this is a great conversation to share with you all so let's get to it but we'll start with a song this is social crusade followed by my interview with jake collinson Yeah. 
Yeah, they gave us a free. They gave us a free cheese pizza too. That's awesome. Yeah. Why did so? How did that happen? Oh, it was because like a lady called in a pizza, Uh and then I guess she just like canceled it. So the waitress was like, "Are you guys on the road? Like you're not from here, right?" And she was like, "Well, take some Chicago pizza for yourself." Oh my god! Yeah, I just had. I had this like crazy surgery that happened like right after we moved in here and I was mm-hmm. in the hospital for a week. I was fucking I couldn't leave the house for like another week and a half and the first thing that I did when I got out of the hospital was when Pequod's. I got home when I could leave the house was Pequod's Hell and yeah. then we saw John Wick 3 and it was the greatest <laughs> what a, what a fucking good, day. What a good day. <laughs> now, I got recommended Pequod's by uh Bo from Harm's Way. Yeah. Um, oh, I, he would know. Yeah, I, I messaged him because, like, I, I know a few people from here, but I was yeah. I'm just gonna ask him because he obviously is the expert on this shit. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I've only been to Chicago twice. Uh-huh. I think. We played Subterranean in like 2017. Oh, okay. So, Who'd you play with in 2017? Uh, we were we we were on our way to a tour, and we played. Buyers, we headlined the downstairs. Oh, for real? Yeah, it was like with a bunch of like hardcore bands. Like I, I can't remember who all played that show for the life of me, but yeah, yeah, we were on our way to a tour. So that rules. And you, you did a lot of. We'll just get going if that's if yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, we're just been, rolling into it for sure. Because you've been doing a lot mm-hmm. of of touring, like even before the LP, and then now the LP is out. And have you been? on the road for most of this year probably right yeah so i i like calculated it and since so like our first like long tour it was like before the the record came out in january so we toured with vane and fueling mouth like yeah, last yeah. like last october september um and since then um in that year of span um i'll have been gone from home for like four months wow this year yeah so that's between uh, that, one-off shows, fests. Um, we did a record release tour. We did a uh, we did a tour in Europe slash the UK in May slash June, and then we did a month-long tour. One of them was, or it was like two tours put into one. It was, one of them was with the Acacia Strain, Kubicon, and uh, Chamber. Yeah, and then we did like a week and a half with Knocked Loose. Fuck um, yeah, and then this tour so this tour is the longest one we've ever done damn <clears throat> yeah we uh we started this tour in austin on october 31st and we don't get done with this tour till we're in vegas on december 4th whoa yeah so that is wild yeah it's long as hell is you, so you almost do like the loop all the way back to yeah to home for you are you are you still in is it lubbock 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 yeah yeah uh so I live in Lubbock, and uh, my friend slash our guitarist Israel. Um, he, okay, he lives in Lubbock too. Uh, the original four of us are all from there, though. So you're all from that town. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we started in like 2013 as a four piece, and uh-huh. it was uh, me, Austin, who's our drummer, um, Kyle, who's our now guitarist, he was bassist, and Israel, who's our guitarist. Right. Um, so we played as a four piece for a while, and then we uh, like we put out the Axis of Equality in 2016. After we put out the demo in 2014. Right. And then, like, I think we got invited to do Sound and Fury. And we were like, well, we should play as a five piece from, like, for that fest. Uh huh. So we asked. Yeah, uh, you got to be, you got to be big for that fest. Yeah, yeah. Cause it was like the first year it was coming back. Uh-huh. And, like, we wanted to make a good impression. Cause it was like, it's one of those things where, like, we kind of felt like they were 
they're really taking a shot at us. Yeah, or like taking sure. a chance because like no heavy bands come out of Lubbock. Uh huh. Um, because we're like we're five hours away from all the big cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like we asked Jarrell, uh, who's our now bassist. Kyle moved to guitar. Um, and we were like, Hey, do you want to like fill in on this? And we did like a, like a week long tour around it. Yeah. Um, and he said yes. And then like during that tour, we were like, okay, well, you're just in the band now. And he's so like, go with the flow that he was like, oh, okay. feel like if you're, if you're part of a rhythm section, then that's kind of how you, you just are. You just, you're just there. Um, not just there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, eh, whatever. Um, but, it, uh, so that was Sound and Fury 2015 or 16? 16. So so you did Axis as a with just like one guitarist mm-hmm. like recording. Yeah. You couldn't be playing that shit with just one guitarist. Yeah, no. No matter where you were, you had to get another one. <laughs> so yeah, no, like we we recorded it with the intent on like we're going to record this as a five piece because obviously with with today's technology you can. Um so we were like okay, we're going to do second guitar parts and everything like that and we can but we we wrote the songs to where if we needed to we could play them as a four piece but obviously they everything yeah sounds better yeah, than yeah for sure so so lubbock are your folks still there yeah yeah um so my my parents both live there um they're my parents got divorced when i was eight so like oh, they, okay. um my dad so my dad is from long island new york uh-huh um, my mom is from abernathy texas which is like uh like 20 minutes north of lubbock 15. yeah um she grew up on a farm um my dad got in the air force um there it is okay yeah my dad got in the air force he got stationed in lubbock at the reese air force base uh-huh met my mom they got married they had me and my sister um got divorced when i was eight now my they're both remarried um happily and uh yeah so they they both still live in lubbock yeah <clears throat> even though my dad, for the longest time, said that when he retired, he was going to move back up to Long Island, but that didn't happen. I believe that he would be like itching to a little bit. Oh yeah, no. Well, it's funny because uh, his my cousin uh, Maggie has like a really cool setup up there, and they had like a a, a cabin on uh-huh. like, a, a plot of land. It's like right on the water too. Like, yeah, my dad's for sure. like big on the water. Uh-huh. Um, and he was like, "That's my retirement plan. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I'm going." And then he uh, his his sister, my aunt Jackie, ended up taking the house. So, oh, that's so funny. he was like, she ruined it for me, but obviously he's happy down there. So, so what, what's he do? What was he and your mom do? Um, so my father, he is okay. So well, he was in the air force. He was so, in the air yeah. force. Um, he got out like shortly after, um, or yeah, he, he got out cause there was like cutbacks. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of why he, ended we should his... get more of those. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your dad's job. But... <laughs> yeah. He, he, there was cutbacks. So they closed the air force base. Uh-huh. Um, so that was when he got out. Um, but when he was in the air force, he was an electrician. Oh, okay. Um, so he started working for the power company LP in Lubbock uh-huh. um, as a high voltage power lineman um, so he did that for the past like or like for 20 plus years he just retired a few months ago or not a few months ago a few years ago good for um, him yeah yeah he was super happy about it he was yeah he was ready because that that job is very strenuous on you like yeah wait, I would he, imagine eventually he got promoted to like a foreman so he was doing more desk work and managing his crews and stuff like that but right. like when he was in the thick of it he was like climbing poles in like 90 plus 100 Yo, plus degree fuck. weather uh-huh. or like in the snow yeah there was times where it's like you know because like power lines go down in bad weather it's like who yep. do you call right my dad uh-huh um so like he would be on call all the time so 
he yeah he tore his body up but he i mean he made his good money he got retired he retired but he's such a workaholic that he's still working um, yeah yeah he works now in um kind of like the oil fields like uh an hour south of lubbock uh-huh. um as a consultant for like the the independent contractor electricians yeah down there so he just kind of manages the contractors for the oil field. well that like keeps him busy and it's not too yeah. strenuous and and it it Pays really well, and he's yeah. getting, and he's getting a uh, pension. So. That's great. Yeah, so he's he's happy. He's got his plot of land. He's got his workshop. That's yep. all he needs. He's a simple guy, right? Um, what about your mom? My mom, uh, she works for the state of Texas. Uh-huh. Um, she's worked for the state of Texas since I was like, uh, like before I was born. Um, wow. She she works in like the like Medicaid eligibility okay. sector. Yeah. So she like work like works cases for like people in retirement homes mm-hmm. who are like trying to get like insurance or have issues with cases and stuff like that so yeah yeah that's what that's what she does she's done that for as long as i can remember and then you you said a sister is she younger than you older than you uh she is older than me um what's she up to she's four years older than me she lives in dallas um she works for fedex office as a project manager Uh she just got that job too she's like super super happy that's a making a job yeah yeah she's making really good money she's uh She's engaged uh, to her fiance. Um, they're getting married next year, so yeah, she's happy. Um, my, I also, I, I have two step parents too. Oh uh, yeah, sure. My, uh, my stepdad, he works in like the the food, uh, food like, uh, how do I say this? Like he he works like for a few food distribution company, like restaurant oh, sure, supply, yeah. right? Um, and like he, uh, basically his job is to like get vendors to carry products that his company has yes so like yeah, he yeah. does like food shows and stuff like that and then my stepmom upgrade their cheese selection yeah. oh god uh-huh. okay so he <laughs> it's it's actually really funny you say that because like he comes home with all these free samples all the time yeah right and every time i go like every time i've gone over to my parents office for i think like the past year they've offered me like oh just take some cheese and i'll go to like this fridge that they have in the garage and it's just Full of like different kinds of cheeses. I got an uncle who like picked up a boar's head distribute distribution in like two thousand. Yeah, and that's like become his his thing. It's funny. I think he was like an environmental science major, really? and then just like picked up this thing, and and it's just like every every holiday. It's a it's a boar's head whatever yeah. meat we're having at dinner. Oh yeah, no, I, I loved that when I was like, because him and my mom have been together um, since like I was nine, right? Um, and uh, it was funny because like the first memory I have of him, he worked for like a different company. Yeah, sure. Back then, um, it's called Benny Keith. Um, and he the first time he came over, he had like a a giant jar of like pickles, uh-huh. like whole pickles in one hand, and he had like a can of like chocolate pudding that was like a foot in diameter and i was like i like this guy this yeah guy's i like sick. <laughs> yeah um, then he made you dip the pickles in the pudding yeah <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> um, and then uh my stepmom's a, a middle school teacher oh so, nice yeah, yeah so so was there was were your parents into music was there music in the house when you were growing up um so like they they were pretty casual music fans i'd uh-huh. say like no uh, my mom was like in like marching band when she was in high school yeah um her her father my grandfather um i never met him um he died before i was born yeah. but uh he played guitar so uh-huh. that was like pretty prominent in her life but like her style of music she she likes like a lot of michael jackson a lot of prince so, yeah like, sure that was what was playing when i was growing up um and then but my father uh he 
was a big like rock like classic rock guy yeah um he he liked a bunch of we used to listen to a bunch of like stevie ray vaughn and his truck all the time we would listen he's texas right that's real yeah. Texas, oh yeah right? real yeah, texas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he loves stevie ray vaughn yeah um and then like he liked uh, uh i remember like taking his like blizzard of oz cd at one uh-huh. point um he had like uh he liked meatloaf a lot yeah um so like stuff like that i he, hear people stump for meatloaf like that he's, yeah. that he's pretty legit early on yeah no he that's like that i think that's a consistent hell my yeah dad. my dad my dad told me his first show that he ever went to was foreigner yeah and like oh, I, yeah so he i think he kind of like planted that like guitar music seed in my head yeah for sure and then i just got carried where 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 does like heavy music come in for you um so it was like kind of like a slow build i'd say um because when i was younger like i'd say like 10 to 13 12 maybe I was like listening to like radio rock, like I like right, Papa sure. Roach a lot. Oh yeah, um, yeah. My first show was like a Papa Roach show. It was like Hinder Papa Roach and Buck Cherry, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, ridiculous, right? Oh. Uh, um, but yeah, so like that was my that was my thing for a while, and then I got like really into Avenged Sevenfold. So yeah, like, a little bit more aggressive, uh-huh, you could say. Uh-huh. And then I, I I was friends with a kid. Who... What's the What's the timeline here? How old are you? How I'm 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, word. Because yeah. like when I was uh, when I was 10 or 11 or maybe a little bit older, Papa Roach had like just come out. Oh, so yeah. So yeah, that yeah. the event sevenfold threw me off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 24. Like, so. like, oh man, I remember that "Cut My Life Into Pieces" song when it was like <laughs> on the radio. But yeah, they kind of they continued, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, like I, I got into them, and then I had a friend at school who was really into Slipknot. Yeah. Uh, he kind of showed me Slipknot. His was... brother was in a pop punk band too. Uh huh. Um, so like he, his pop punk band, since Lubbock is so small, used right. to play with like deathcore bands. Oh and sure. Stuff like that. So like we would go to his shows and hear like deathcore. Uh huh. And like I, there, I, there was one point like we went to. Uh, I was like I spent the night at his house and like we went to like this. Um, this video store that like you could rent stuff from they uh-huh. had CDs and uh, he asked his mom to buy him the CD that he heard of and it was from uh, this this deathcore band called uh, Impending Doom yeah have you ever listened to him? no no it's like a Christian deathcore band oh okay um and uh, that was the first time I'd ever heard anything like super super aggressive sounding yeah um but yeah and then it just kind of <laughs> built off from there and i eventually found hardcore too, right so, but you're talking about going to see like bands in lubbock so there was like local music around yeah it, it's like so lubbock's weird um so like it, it kind of comes in waves every uh-huh. now and then um it's never been like very pronounced for heavy music i'd say sure um if that, if that's a good way to say it um because like there's shows. There's local. There, there, there's local bands here and there, but it's never been like a. I don't want to say like a healthy scene because that kind of sounds like bad. I guess. Right. Um. But it's never been like a consistent scene. I okay. Guess you could say. Okay. Um. But like, it's it is it's small, right? Very small. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, okay. So to give you context, the population of Lubbock is I think around a quarter million. Okay. Um. Which is not like small. Yeah. No. Um, that is pretty big. But it fluctuates um with the university because oh, texas okay. tech university is there so like when, okay during like the that fall and sense. spring the the population goes up like forty thousand. right um and then it goes back down in the summer yeah, yeah um and a bunch of the people that live there 
are just like it's very agricultural city um like i think our, our area of texas like accounts for most of like the the production of cotton oh for, okay. like of uh, the world is, it, is northwest right like you're close to like amarillo I yeah we're like two at, we're uh-huh. two hours south of amarillo but so like so with the with the university there then is it that the music scene is like is it driven by like the college scene or is it more I localized i i think maybe at one point it helped but uh-huh. now no yeah like there is there's like there, there there i'd say that there's a little bit of like effort put in especially from like there's like student organizations like uh texas tech has like a radio station um uh-huh. 88.1 and they try to um give spotlight to local artists but like obviously it's like for metal and stuff there's not right they don't yeah. they don't want to give that that stuff they would of, love to play like the, the vampire weekend of of texas oh yeah, tech, yeah but they're yeah. not playing judiciary sure exactly exactly <laughs> um but like so uh, there's there's little spotlights but i think most of the local music are local people yeah for sure it. and there's like a pretty cool like thing going on right now with like there's like a bunch of like I guess you could say they're called indie band like I guess you could say they're indie bands. Yeah. Um they have like a cool house show scene going. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah, they do yeah. this thing every year called the Skeletor, which like mm-hmm. is really cool. So like it's uh it's basically they set up like five houses throughout one night and they'll it'll be like consecutive house shows. Oh, that's so rules. you'll go yeah. You'll go to this house, and it, the whole theme is like it's in the same neighborhood, and everybody bikes to the next show. Uh-huh. So everybody bikes to the next show. That's awesome. They hear the band, they bike to the next show, and yeah, so it's like kind of so, cool like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. I guess with the, with the university there, is it? I mean, I feel like I feel like your hometown plays a pretty p- prominent role in. Uh, the songs that you write. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's like you you wear that on your sleeve in a, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I guess like like growing up there too. I mean, you know, I don't want to like paint too many stereotypes, but I mean, like, is it? Does the university like help liberalize it a little bit, or is it like kind of what I'm? So trying to avoid. Yeah, this yeah, no, no, no. Really. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting yeah. down. Um, okay, so the university does provide a um a level of diversity of beliefs and uh, I guess you could like beliefs, religions, uh, ethnicities, the whole nine yards, culture. Yeah. I guess uh-huh. you could say a, a yeah, di- diversity of culture to the city, but, um. I think that those are kind of, I, I guess a best word I could put it is like kind of marginalized by the majority sure. of what it what is in West Texas, which is a bunch of um, hyper conservative beliefs, um, very Christian beliefs. Um, that's just kind of what is the most prominent there. I guess what um, like what's your what's your household like during that time? Are you are you raised like heavily um, in that, or is it kind of a little bit more? No, so uh, so it. I was baptized as a Catholic when I was a child. Yeah. Um, and when I was younger, like we went to we went to church when I was like 
in the single digit years for a while and then we kind of stopped going for a while yeah um but then like my friend that like got me in a slipknot like his uh his family was like super like religious so they would like uh they were they would like take me to church sometimes i kind of like got into like the christian side of things Uh um like my first band that i ever started was a christian band yeah um and so like i kind of i i I wasn't like i don't want to say i it sounds weird to say i don't want to say i was like devout but like i was right i was in it Yeah, yeah yeah um and uh i you know eventually like kind of stepped away from all that and uh yeah like so um, I, I think a few things in my life kind of contributed to that. Um, I, I went to a small school just like kind of north of, uh, Lubbock called New Deal. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, New Deal is a town with a population of 700 people. Wow. Um, the church very much dominates the school. Yeah. Um, and the majority is the majority there. Um, as far sure. as beliefs and diversity go. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I think that that contributed to that. And once I graduated, it kind of like, oh, wait. There's like other yeah, stuff out there. You get yeah. out a little bit. Did you go to college? Uh, yeah, uh, Texas Tech. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So you were, you're still, man. You're Lubbock, like as as <laughs> hard. I feel yeah. like, like you're, I don't know. I I I think coming from places like that, you you really learn to absorb all of the good things, mm-hmm. and then there's the bad things, and you can be pissed off about the bad things, but like absolutely if you're if you're rooted then you're rooted and i think that that's like something that doesn't necessarily have to be like you know what you run away from yeah i i so lubbock is a weird okay so i i i went to texas tech mostly because it was just like a okay it's a good university that's like cheaper for what it is yeah i'm not paying twice as much to go to ut when i could just go to school here um and plus like i had a bunch of friends i was in the middle of like i was booking shows in lubbock and i didn't want to start. oh wow i didn't yeah. want to stop doing that i was like 18 just booking shows uh-huh. with, uh kyle who plays guitar um and so i didn't want to stop doing that judiciary i was in another band called murietta uh-huh. um that had just started um and then judiciary had just started so okay. it's like oh yeah i'm just gonna stay here but i think in the next year or so i'm gonna move out Okay. Um, just because, like, I, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's, I, that's a good way to go. Yeah. That's better um, than, than, than being like, ah, uh, 18, fuck this place. Like, oh you, yeah, no. You don't like. Which, yeah. like, a lot of things about Lubbock, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with leaving. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like you learn, you learn a lot from, from just like being there, and also like. You know, if you're booking shows and you're starting bands there, that's that's something that's like important oh, yeah. to you, and and it's helping like root a foundation there. Yeah, and so that's that's like where judiciary comes out of is that there's there's a scene there, and and everybody's from there, and yeah. So basically, um, there was a guy that booked like shows when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brought like a, a good amount of really good bands to Lubbock, uh, like all credit to him. I don't, I, I don't have any contact with the guy anymore, but, uh, like he, he booked, especially he, he had a big hand in me finding hardcore. Yeah. Honestly. Cause like a few of my friends, like kind of that went to like more like the death core leaning shows, um, like were into hardcore and like one of my friends, he like put in like a foundation cd one day or a bitter end cd oh nice. and i was yeah. like oh this is cool right but then that guy who booked the shows started bringing hardcore bands um like he brought foundation to lubbock one time 
which is no shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Um. Yeah, that lineup was weird as hell. Uh-huh. Uh So that that night it was Foundation headlining, and then I don't know if you do you know the band A Plea for Purging? No. So they were like this like Christian metalcore deathcore band uh-huh. from Nashville. They played, and then Ivy League. Um, which is uh, kind of like title fighty kind okay. of band. Yeah, they're from two hours south in Odessa. Uh-huh. They played, and then I think like another metalcore band played or something like that. But that was the lineup for that night. Yeah, but yeah, he like brought Foundation, a couple of other smaller hardcore bands, and that's like how I started. And then he moved, and me and Kyle were like, "Well, we don't want to, like, we like there, we want to still bring these hardcore bands here." Right. And we had just started Judiciary, so it was like. Okay, well, we're going to take this over so Judiciary will have shows to play. Uh-huh. Maybe we can build this up. So that's kind of what we did. Um, and I guess the peak of me and him booking shows, I, it was like not that long. I'd say for, it, was, it was for about a year. Uh-huh. But we booked, um, um, it was a show with Expire, Backtrack, Zabalba, and oh, Downpressor. No and for Lubbock, like that's unheard of, especially yeah. with hardcore, because like hardcore doesn't do good in Lubbock. Uh-huh. Uh, like metal or metal and metalcore do do good in love it yeah um like the the attilas of the world and, sure sure and stuff like that but, uh, first off like like backtrack r.i.p like yeah no it's, one, it's of the, a shame. one of the best yeah i saw them i saw them with terror they came through it was like terror uh backtrack candy Mm-hmm. Couple of, man, that backtrack set was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then Terra comes, and it's just Scott's just like, everybody mosh. I want stage dives. I want stage dives. <laughs> and I was like, man, fucking hardcore is the best. Yeah, and th- those are some of the best bands that ever do it. But I mean, uh, backtrack was one of my first hardcore bands. Yeah, I like obsessed. There's a video of, uh, I think it was the Darker Half record release show, uh-huh. and I obsessed over that YouTube video. Uh, YouTube and like. Streaming services had a big part in me getting into hardcore. Yeah, obviously, like, I believe that. Well, I mean, because there's not like there wasn't a lot of hardcore. There was some hardcore coming to Lubbock, but right. there's not a lot. So it's like it, it, I wasn't gonna get that like experience of like, oh, I just went to a random show and right, X band right. played kind of, which was like why a lot of people in like bigger scenes had. Um, so like I had YouTube and I obsessed over the darker half record release show. There's a, uh, the first part of the video I thought was the coolest thing in the world. It was a uh, Franz from Turnstile introduced uh-huh. them, and all he said was, "This is a darker half, bitch." And he <laughs> throws down the mic. He throws down the mic and just stage dives, and the room explodes immediately. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And it made me like really. It was like it, like those kind of videos. Like I used to watch Sound and Fury videos. Yeah. All the time, and I would just be like, "Yeah, that's that's what I want to do." Like the, this is the this is the kind of shit. I shit, and then you're 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 asked to go out there and to do play. Sound and Fury, yeah. right? And I mean, speaking of like obsessive video watching, I like I put that ceremony set on just that, when I'm like depressed uh, at this point. It's like become like yeah such a go to like more than like my favorite TV shows. I find myself putting that ceremony set on to just like feel okay about things that to this day i think was one of the best sets i've ever seen any genre um like i was watching the way the the venue set up is like the merch was like upstairs on a balcony i was Uh standing up in the balcony watching that unfold and like the second because they were doing like the the l-shaped man kind of thing at the beginning with the piano Uh uh-huh which is sick i love l-shaped i love l-shaped man um 
And then the second you hear that bass line come through Mm -hmm. and the first line, the pack your fist full of hate, take a swing at the world. Like that was one of the loudest things I've ever heard. It gave me goosebumps like immediately. Yeah. It was, it, that set was one of the best things I've ever seen. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like to get to play that same day was like Uh, unbelievable. So like going back to the, to the beginning, it's, it's kind of nice to hear that you were able to like continue something that was going and I I guess my like thought when you're coming over here is like okay like starting this band out in Lubbock that probably means that like for them shows have so much travel involved. Oh yeah. Which I mean you're not only just playing in Lubbock anyway, but like I guess starting off and like cuz you're having to go play in places like Dallas and stuff like that. To me that seems to almost like demand a certain level of commitment in the band that maybe not necessarily is is inherent if you are in a big city, am yeah. I right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So like we first started, like I said, we were booking shows just so we would have something to play. Yeah. Um. At the time, Odessa had or er, Midland had a really really good scene. Mm-hmm. Um. They had, I mean, Ivy League was there. They had a really cool DIY venue called the Pine Box. Um. And there was like a few healthy hardcore bands. One of my favorite Texas hardcore bands. They were called Mongrel. Uh-huh. Um. They were from there, which was basically just Ivy League with their merch guy as the vocalist. Oh, fuck and it was yeah. the coolest thing. Uh, look, if you ever, check out. anybody, yeah, yeah. anybody who listens to this, uh, it's mongrelitos.bandcamp.com. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. That it's, it's one of my favorite things anyways. So like we went down there to play once. Um, and other than that, it was all Lubbock. And then like the first time we ever traveled outside of Lubbock was because, um, you know, we put the demo up and when we put the demo up, it was just like, okay, wait, we put a lot into that demo. Yeah. Like. I don't remember how much we paid, but it was all personal money that we put up for that demo. We recorded it right. We we sent it off to a good mixer master. Like it was, we paid a good amount of money, got good art. So it got on the internet, and like people from around Texas started to like it. And we uh, went to a show in Amarillo, uh, which was uh, Hard Side uh-huh. and Afflictive Nature, both from San Antonio. And we showed up to the show. We started talking to them. They're like, "Oh, you guys should come to San Antonio." And, uh, so they got us on two shows in one weekend in San Antonio. Uh-huh. And that was the first time we'd ever traveled outside of Los Oh, Texas. wow. Yeah. So, cause you, did you do, you did the demo with Daniel Schmuck, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so how did that, did he come out to you then? No. Okay. Um, so we. You did travel for that. Yeah. Cause so he's in, he's in Dallas, he's, right? Yeah. He's like in between Denton and Fort Worth. Okay. Um, which is like Northwest of Dallas. Sure. Um, so we were like, like we, we were obviously into a bunch of Texas hardcore and he, at the time, like he had recorded power trip. Uh-huh. Um, he, he recorded Armageddon blues for power trip. Um, he recorded this band called vulgar display that we really loved. So we just sent him an email and like some phone recordings that we had, like we set it up at practice and we were just like, Hey, huh. like, is there any way you would want to record us? And he was just like, yeah, come down. And so we went down there. We slept on his couch for like two days. Uh-huh. We recorded the demo in like a weekend, I think. And uh, yeah, so and then we got uh, Chun, uh, Chun Wan, who's based out of Thailand, 
uh-huh. I, I believe, um, hey. to do the art. and So like, is she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, we... Sorry I woke you up. We decided to, uh, yeah, just, like, we put... We, we we wanted to make something that we were proud of. Uh-huh. And it was, like, at that point, it's, like, if anybody outside of Lubbock likes this, sick. But, like, we're not going to put out some, like, oh, our friend recorded it. Like, oh, we just got this image from Google for the art. Right. Thing. Like, we wanted to make it, like... Which I feel as like, much us as possible. Yeah, but. I, I feel like demos are are a lot of people take them as like you're allowed to do something like that. Like where does the where does the thought of like we should make this professional, not just like for your own sake, but like to me, there's a there's an element of thought that goes into the fact that people are going to notice that we put a lot of work into this. I think for us, it was just like, why not? Yeah, kind of thing. sure. It was just like, hey, if we're going to do it, balls to the wall, let's go. Um, and like, you know, we I think that we're also people who don't want to like compromise uh-huh. um, on quality. And we were just like, you know, like we could do this, we could do that. But like, nah, fuck it. We'll just do We'll just do it. Yeah. And so, I mean, it paid off. Um, and like, it got us an out of town show, what we really wanted in the first place. Right. You just want to play we, out we, of town. Literally, uh-huh. we started the band because we're just like, yeah, let's just do, let's just do some cool shit. Yeah. And because, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that we still kind of have this mindset today, kind of like a chip on our shoulder almost. Like, we're from Lubbock. Nobody gives a fuck about us. Uh huh. So we're going to do something that if I, if it wasn't my band, I would, I would take notice of this. Yeah. So we're going to do that and cool if somebody likes it cool right um, right yeah and i feel like it's 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 that energy and then it's also like the like also fuck this place that we're in like, yeah <laughs> like oh. we are really gonna like oh yeah you know there's a chip on your shoulder like go in both directions i feel like um was there because i was so taken with how fully formed that demo felt mm-hmm. and it's to me it's like there is so much intentionality in this band even like down to the name and like what you sound like so i guess does that where does that develop because if it's already there on the demo do you like say like we want to start a band that sounds like this like lyrical content is concerning this so from the beginning we kind of said we we named the band Judiciary because we wanted to be the most anti stereotypical West Texas thing possible, as corny as that sounds. Uh huh. But it was just kind of like, okay, we've grown up around, you know, like we kind of danced around it earlier, but like we've grown up around all this bigotry and hyper conservatism, like homophobia and yeah. like racism and all this stuff. Like, obviously, that's everywhere, but we're in the middle of the Bible Belt. Let's be real. Let's be frank. Here. Yeah, for sure. All you got to do is go to like the like the NBC News Channel, their Facebook page, click on an article that's anything political, and you'll see. Mm-hmm. It's very apparent there. Um, so it was like from the beginning, it's like, hey, we want to we want to write lyrics about like how much this sucks, mm-hmm. how much we don't we don't we don't vibe with this. Um, and then it's like we'll call it judiciary. It's cool. It it kind of coincides with what we want to talk about lyrically and it's something that we can build off of. So, and it sounded cool to us. So it does sound cool. (laughs) It sounds cool as fuck too. And it sounds like you were all like just very in line with 
what you're doing musically it's like it's like incendiary it's like mm-hmm. you know were you did you feel like um it's interesting because i f- i feel like i've been reading so much about you and comparing you not comparing you to power trip but like you know the fact the power trip is there the fact the power trip is doing something that's you know different but sort of similar was was that influential on you too oh yeah absolutely i think that i mean going to daniel schmuck has probably got something to do with oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean like obviously we love power trip and we still do love power trip um riley has uh riley their singer has uh he's good friends with kyle i i talk to him every now and then Mm -hmm. um he's helped us out in like a, a few ways and like he kind of i guess you could say is like a mentor in a way um because like obviously they're they're undeniable um absolutely but like you know like as far as influence on our band as a whole it's like sound like the texas sound has always been there Mm -hmm. and even before power trip it was there with uh iron age like iron age brought like that metallic edge into the hardcore scene and bitter end did it too Mm-hmm. Bitter End was like a huge one for us. Bitter End is like my favorite Texas hardcore band. Yeah. Um, and so Bitter End was a huge one. And they talked about that stuff too. Like Climate of Fear is like, yeah, is a huge like statement in that regard. Um, so um, I think that that kind of planted the seed from Iron Age, Power Trip, Bitter End, um, Mammoth Grinder, Hatred Surge, like mm-hmm. all of those bands just coming through. And like it kind of like pushed us in this direction, and couple that with the fact that like we were frustrated in the environment that we live in, that kind of cultivated the sound and the, for lack of a better word, aura that is judiciary. Yeah, dude, you know I mean? for sure. Because it's 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 funny the way you know the way you talk about the demo because when I'm looking to eighteen months later that. Uh, axis of equality and it's like it's like the demo times 10 Mm -hmm. and you self-release that too yeah i i i find that to be there's a lot of risk in in that um were you were you shopping it or were you was it just kind of a continuation of just like all right we did the demo like now it's that was fucking time for yeah. The so EP. so it was the demo. We got like a little bit of like oh yeah, these guys are cool. Especially around Texas, like we did our first little uh, Texas tour, if uh-huh. you will. We got invited to play a fest in like Laredo. We played San Antonio again. We played Corpus, and I think that was it. Um, but yeah, so like we did that. And then we were like, okay, well, let's just start writing for the next thing. And we were already, like, playing some shows in Lubbock here and there. Um, And it was the same mentality of just, like, no one gives a fuck. We're going to go all in. And we went even more all in that time. Because, like, this time we got – we emailed Andre Buzikov, who did – the art for like municipal waste and toxic holocaust to do that mm-hmm. crazy painting that we have on the cover. yeah it's fucking incredible uh we got a new logo doug aldrich who did like a he's like a he's like a painter and like he's very successful one at that he does a bunch of big uh, commissions we got him to do our logo and uh then we went back to schmuck to do the re- the recording and then it got to a point where we were just like um so we were like 
well, let's make it sound crazier too. Because uh-huh. at one point, Twitching Tongues tweeted at us saying that they liked our demo, which was a huge deal for us. Yeah. Um, Taylor Young is in Twitching Tongues. Yes. And so we emailed Taylor. It was like, hey, do you want to mix this? Mm-hmm. And he got back to us immediately. He said, yeah. Yeah. Fuck so, yeah. yeah. So I love Taylor. those fucking squeals that come in on that thing. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. So like over the top, but yeah. also perfect. Yeah. So like that was another thing. We were just like, we're going to we're going to put in all of our personal money that we can. Like we, you know. Because we wanted to make something we we're proud of, and I am more than proud of that that record for yeah. sure. Because it's it's it was definitely all hands on deck, and we we're just kind of like, yeah, this is it. So, and then you obviously play Sound and Fury. Mm-hmm. You play a lot of festivals, like sixteen, seventeen, right? Yeah. Okay. So the first out of state tour that we ever did uh-huh. was because we got invited to play uh, Midwest Blood Fest, um, which is now LDB Fest. Uh huh. Um, and pr- thank God for Ryan, Ryan story and Alex Rama, uh, shout out to them. They, they run LDB fest and they put us on that fest. Um, we were like first up for the day and that kind of pushed us to like, do it, do it. Um, yeah. and so like, that was what our first, uh, fest was. And then I think that like sound and fury kind of caught wind and that's what like did it for us. Um, before, uh, before we actually put out the access of quality, we played a, a fest that I don't think happens anymore. It's called Hope for Shelter Fest uh-huh. in uh, San Antonio. Um, and we played a couple of songs from access and the response was insane. Like the first, like two step in the song, the access of quality uh-huh. was like, everything was full. No and shit. I was like, okay, these are, these are songs that people like. Yeah. And then we went to Midwest blood. It was great. Sound and Fury, even better. We did a tour around it. Like we we were like in awe the whole time. It's like, oh my god, we went out to right, California right. and people know these songs. Uh huh. Hell, um, it's so, fucking amazing to yeah. me that it's like, and it's not, it's not like it's common, but it's not like it's uncommon. The fact that you can do what you all did in those first couple of years off of demo mm-hmm. and a four song EP. Yeah, like. And and then you you went to Europe too, right? Was that after the mortality rate split? Yeah, that was. Yo, that shit is fucking heavy. Thank you. That is a goddamn heavy. Yeah. Seven inch. Yeah, we were. Shit. We were super proud of that one. Oh man. Uh, we got we got connected to to them through. Uh, I think Kyle had like a mutual friend or something that introduced uh him to Jessica, who's a singer. Yeah. Um, for mortality rate. Um, and then it just like kind of snowballed from there. We're like, yeah, let's do a split together. We, we wanted to do a split with somebody and mm-hmm. we're just like, yeah, f- like, fuck it. We'll do it with them. And so we recorded those three songs again, same balls to the wall mentality. Um, and that was also, did you do that too with Dale? Um, uh, sorry, Daniel and then Taylor <laughs> mixing it. Yeah. And then, uh, Brad Boatwright mastering it, um, from audio siege. Um, so Fuck. yeah, so we, we that was the same uh same thing. Put those songs out in 2017. Yeah. Because we I mean for the first part it was 2017, we didn't really do much. I don't think. Oh yeah, and then after we put out the split, we went out for like 2 weeks with uh the now defunct band Stone. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah, that was the only thing we really did off of uh the uh 
that and then we did like uh for the children fest in 2017 or no that was late 2016 wow um and we did like a couple of days with like cruel hand yeah off of that it's it's like i don't know i find it impressive the amount of like dedication that you have before any labels are involved before any of that it's just like you gotta it's it's still just like fully like self-motivated it's still that like lubbock thing like yeah if yeah. they if if they don't know who we are we're gonna fucking make them know yeah yeah who we and, are and like it all stems from like just fuck it like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it right right um and like i don't know i i think that i think that we're good about like not compromising on shit um and really just like keeping true to like what we're about um but as like soapboxy as that sounds well i feel like it's all been really together from the beginning mm -hmm. and you've been able to continue on yeah well i think i think i think without sounding like pretentious or anything i think that like a bunch of bands just don't think that they need to put in the effort Uh uh-huh um especially when it comes to like self self self-releasing your own stuff and printing your own like because like when the access of quality came around we we made vinyl for it Mm -hmm. like like self-released vinyl which is a huge thing to undertake yeah um most bands wouldn't do that right but we literally just wanted our stuff on a record and we were like yeah we'll just do it yeah and so i think that some bands don't love that don't think that they they should but from Mm -hmm. the start we were like okay this is just what we do because we don't come from a scene that has a bunch of local support and infrastructure to it. You know what I mean? So that was just kind of, that's just kind of been our thing from the start. And even before the LP, like when we recorded the LP, we didn't have anybody putting it out and we were fully, no closed casket until no, we Mm -hmm. were fully prepared to self self release that too. And Um, then are you, so you went out to, uh, to California for that too, right? Yeah, yeah, we we went we decided to go to Taylor's studio in LA or Van Nuys. Um and um we booked a time for a week. Um we we wanted him we we had him record it, uh Arthur Rizic uh mix it and master it. Um so yeah, that was all just like on our own dime. The material is obviously like very confident and sounds like you all have a pretty like you're very goal oriented, but is there does doubt creep in? Like are you at a, it's like are you halfway through that drive to California and being like, Man, this is I hope this pans out. Like I hope that this is I think in a in a way it's there. Like, oh man, I hope this is fulfilling. But I think that we've always said it like we didn't expect this band we didn't expect anybody to like this band right like you just wanted to play we just in san to, antonio yeah we just, you wanted, just wanted, to, wanted to have a record yeah we just wanted cool we just wanted to do cool stuff so it's like if this like as corny as it sounds it's like if if if, if after the show tonight we decided yeah it's time i'd be like i'd be disappointed because i i feel like I'd, i want to do more but at the same time it's like i did everything when we started this band i did way more than i thought i would yeah um so it's like i don't know yeah like i'm trying not to get too off track but yeah like no i feel like that that's fucking that's good perspective to have has it like i guess you know we not to like 
show behind the curtain too much, but you got you got somebody who's who's setting this interview up for you now. Are mm-hmm. you are you still booking your own tours? Uh, we have a guy that books tours yeah. for us. His name's James. He uh, James Aloisio. He's from State of Mind. Are um, you ever are you ever like or were, were you weary of like passing? that responsibility off to anybody absolutely not yeah um, even from the start like our first tour that we did from midwest to midwest blood we had somebody else book it because again we're from lubbock uh-huh. we don't know anybody <laughs> yeah sure. like like we we don't even have like there was such little hardcore coming through that it was like we don't have that many connections in that many cities right but, so you can't it's like talk to hey uh-huh. hey person that likes us that we know books tours can you please help us because yeah. we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. Um. So we've we passed that torch off from the start. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We're willing to like. It's like yeah. We'll take. It's like we're getting paid a hundred bucks a night. Take take ten bucks a night. Like we'll we'll be fine. Just book it for us. Please. I feel like yeah. I feel like like sometimes you want. It's like you either want to be doing everything or you don't want to be doing enough. It's like it's like, pay enough money for this to sound good and look good yeah and then also like know that it is it is perfectly uh in your best interest to allow somebody else to take care of the thing that's going to help this continue onward yeah and it's like now like now after touring for a while i could probably book a tour for us by myself but at the same time it's like Hey, he could probably. This, is, this guy's doing a pretty fucking good job. Yeah, he's doing. Like. Yeah, James is doing a great job. He's 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 our he's our he's one of our friends. He's our friend before he's our agent. He was like we met him before like he yeah. started booking our stuff. Right. Um. And so yeah, we were like yeah, like uh, why why would I? If it, it's help, it's helpful too to like like not only to like have a friend but like someone from within the community that you know isn't like you know putting putting the money in his pocket and oh shit yeah like that. No. all this shit that's been going on lately in other worlds with people not getting paid by yeah. their like supposed like you know cohort like cohorts but like someone that you think is like on the side of like doing things in the ethical and right in your best way interest, and yeah. for, like the music mm-hmm. yeah no we uh yeah, that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have anybody else on, and he's really the only outside person besides uh, Justin who runs Close Casket that we really deal with. So how does like, it how does it happen with Close Casket? So we went into the studio. We, record, we were recording with Taylor, and I think it was like the second or third day. Taylor was like, "Do you guys have anybody putting this out?" And uh, we're like, "No, like we're just gonna send it to people after like we're done." Because it was like at that point, it's like we're prepared to self release this. But if we could get somebody to pick it up, that would be great. Yeah. Like we have touring under our belt, we have some good a good following now. Like maybe we'll be able to get something. So he was like, "Well, I can send this to Justin if you want me to." And before we went to the studio, like we had heard that Justin kind of liked us, uh-huh. and that like you know he like followed us on Twitter like way before he even talked to us. And like I I I was like. I don't think that he follows a lot of people that he doesn't sign. Right. So like we were like, like, what's this? And I emailed him, didn't get any response back. And then Taylor sent him the record and literally like he, he texted me like while we, I think like after we drove away for the day and he was like, I think Justin wants to put it out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Yeah. And then like after we got done, sent him the completed record, Justin got on the phone with me and Austin one night. And yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. And it's like, 
that was exactly the label that we wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's one of my favorite labels. Uh, Justin's Justin's the man. Like he's a cool guy to deal with. He's he's a friend now. Um, that's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's like been super cool. I think that like what Surface Noise does really well is like going back to Axis and how like huge it felt and how thrashy or like thrashy moments that it had and then the mortality rate split it's just so fucking heavy and i think service noise is just it's so locked into a groove Mm -hmm. and it takes the heaviness but it doesn't like use it too much it takes the thrashiness doesn't use it too much it's just like very centered Mm -hmm. and that center like goes outward and yeah does really well i think that's exactly what we tried to do because a lot of people not even to sound like unappreciative because it's a very cool nod to have but a lot of people like to call us power trip jr um which like Uh you can get thrashy elements from our stuff you Uh can call us a crossover band i don't see it that way personally Uh uh-huh but that like i like i think that we were like okay we don't as much as I love Power Trip and as much as a good nod that is, I don't want to be Power Trip Junior. Right. Like we can keep like the elements that we like from that. We can also incorporate all this other stuff over here that we also love. Like we also we all love death metal. Yeah. Like we're like we're all big death metal heads. We all love like nineties, like hardcore and metal, like biohazard, machine head, all that stuff. So it's like Let's bring all of those elements and mix them with like what we already kind of have with this modern hardcore twist to it. And let's just make this our thing. And that's kind of where every, where surface noise comes in. I love it. I just, <laughs> I, I, I think that like y- y'all have done a really good job of just like, like carrying yourself. And like, I think one of the things that I love about hardcore that it's, it's not always apparent and other things is that like, you know, every I feel like every hardcore band, every good hardcore band could have a song that's called, you know, you could have a song called Judiciary, just like there's a song called Minor Threat. And it's going to represent like what you are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's been it's been really fun kind of like for me, like surface noise is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I first become aware of you. And then to go back and see like, oh, damn, took five years for them to make an LP and the demo is fucking there and that takes a lot of commitment a lot of gumption like to see it all come through it's it's you should be happy about where you are oh yeah absolutely i'm I'm, like i'm very appreciative of all the opportunities we've been given and i think that again like this band has done Way more than we ever thought that it would do. Yeah. Um, what was it, it like seeing like the the stereo gum like pick up? Because that one like I was like, Judiciary is the band of the of the fucking week on stereo gum. My indie rock blog. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I I just like <laughs> it, it, it. It's one of those things where it's just, like things just kind of happen, and we're just like, oh, cool, okay, yeah, uh, I guess. Fuck. Like, yeah. e- like you know, it's crazy seeing us like. Like when we were, we had like a little f- album feature in uh, Decibel, uh-huh. um, and or no, yeah, or yeah, De- Decibel printed us, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. And so that was a big deal for us. And then Metal Hammer had like a pretty big write up for it, 
And like, I went to my Barnes and Noble in Lubbock and bought that. Like, yeah, so that was crazy. Like, and then like, even little, even like quote unquote, like little stuff, like when we did our record release show in Lubbock, like the day the record came out, um, the local paper like came out and like covered it. And like before that we had gotten no, no local like media recognition, like the rock station didn't do it. We, 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 before the record came out, we like, I think we emailed the rock station be like, we were like, Hey, this record's about to come out. Like we're one of the few like local quote unquote, mm-hmm. like local bands from here. Like mm-hmm. if you guys want to cover it, that's cool. If not, there's an article up the next day and, uh, that helped a lot. And they kind of like, I think they were kind of taken aback cause I don't think they knew we exist, uh, existed before. Yeah. But like they found out that we, like decibel covered us and all this stuff. They're like, uh, yeah, so this band is here. And I think that a bunch of, uh, people came out to our record release show because of that. Um, and so, yeah, like, that was like a big victory for us. Yeah, getting on Sirius XM was like huge. Yeah, um, that I think that gave us a bunch of local attention too, because mm-hmm. like there was people at that at the record release show that like they were like, oh yeah, I heard you on the Devil's Dozen like the That's other day. Yeah. yeah, and we were like, oh cool. Like, so it's interesting to see like the way that can still happen because I think that I mean especially like me living. In Chicago, like, it's really easy to forget that more places than not, like, that's how people still hear things. Yeah. And, like, local papers and, like, radio play, that oh, shit, yeah. like, matters. Yeah, especially for Lubbock, like, because for the older crowd, yeah. that is not, they are, that is a crowd that they don't want to download Spotify. Right. They don't want to do this. They don't want it. Like, they're fine with their radio. They're fine with their... They'll go to satellite radio, but they're not going to download Spotify or Pandora. Because, mm-hmm. you know, because why would they? They have the satellite radio in their truck that, like, they can just listen to. Yeah. And that's, like, I think that, like, a lot of, like... I, I mean, even on this tour, I've gotten, like, a like a few people come up and be like, yeah, I heard you guys on SiriusXM. That's how I found out, found out about you guys. That's which, wild. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah, cool. Yeah. Which, like, you know, for somebody who's 24, like me, it's like, I've never listened to a day of satellite radio right, in my right. life. <laughs> yeah. But, like, hey, cool. If it's working, I'm great. I mean, too, like, thinking, too, about, like, the you know, you playing in Lubbock, like, it's meaningful to the 15-year-old from Lubbock who doesn't know, like, you know, Slipknot from fucking Incendiary. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, no. Well, like, I think that... Like, so, like I said, Lubbock is a, is a weird place. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes people don't, I don't want to say they don't want to recognize us as a local band, um, because we don't play there very often. The, the, the record release show that we played in January, that was the first time we had played there in over two years Mm -hmm. because there's just no, there's not much of a metal scene there. Right. But when, when, when we played there. Um, a bunch of people like took notice and I got like, yeah, I'm not trying to like put, put anything out there. Like, you know, again, I feel like sometimes when I'm talking about this, I sound so boxy, but like, uh, yeah, for, I, like, I, I get you. Yeah. you know, like, or like I'm putting myself on a pedestal. Um, but like, I got a few messages saying like, Hey, like, thank you for doing that. Like that was like, 
that kind of reignited something and like that's yeah which yeah. was like really cool and like that obviously wasn't our intention it was mm-hmm. just like we wanted to just play our hometown and yeah and i mean like for for what you put into those lyrics that are all inspired by that place mm-hmm. finding people who are there that are in the that same are, mindset in yeah. the same mindset and they're and they're hearing it and you know like even for the people who might not be they might just like the fact that it's heavy mm-hmm. they're still hearing a point of view that might not be their own yeah. and maybe that does something maybe that persuades something oh yeah no absolutely like i think that music and art in general do have a uh special force behind it that is just like it can plant a seed in like idealism or like um certain ways of thinking you know what i mean like like i guarantee you that a bunch of people that like power trip don't like it because riley's singing about like the like the political like shitstorm that's happening in in the world Uh like for god's sake their first their first lp is called manifest decimation yeah that's such like a politically charged album title Uh and like you know like riley's gone out to say it before it's like you know this isn't a band for you to be a redneck to like like a dumb redneck to right like and you know i think that like power trip can attract all sorts of walks of life with their sound, which I hope that we can too. And I think we do. Yeah. Um, but also maybe tell the certain walks of life that don't vibe with ours. It's like, Hey, we don't fuck with that. And here's why. Yeah. And maybe you should think about that. Yeah. Um, which I think that art is like, has a way of doing that. That's like really cool. Yeah. A lot of other, a lot of other things in this world don't have the power to do. Honestly. And it's like, it's helpful for me to hear that. And I think it's, it's probably helpful for like anybody who is in, you know, a major metropolitan bubble where it's like, yeah, that shit is like far away. And like, I don't, I don't have any ability to reach that like it's it's i think it's really easy at this time to just feel like we're fucking stuck all the time and we might be but at the same time like there there's still like that transformation that's possible Mm -hmm. and that's that's really cool that's something that like i wasn't expecting necessarily to hear really having you over here oh but like yeah, fuck yeah. It just made me feel good. Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like one of those things. Like like I said, we we, we started this band with the, I guess, the um, underlying uh, compass of being the most anti-thing we hate. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's not saying, like, obviously, my <laughs> when in a bunch of my lyrics, I get, like, pretty... Uh, aggressive yeah in the wording and uh-huh. stuff like that but um that's not to say that we're going out looking for for people but we're gonna make the statement that we don't fuck with what you're thinking yeah and i'll say it on stage too it's awesome like you know what i mean like i just think that being a band with a message is important and while i do love bands with without a message that are just fun mm-hmm. um like 
you know, I, like we have like a side project. It's a death metal project called Terror Chamber. Yeah, literally in that band. I listen I'm, to it. That's oh, sick, awesome. sick, yeah, sick. Yeah. Uh, literally in that band, all I'm talking about is just like torture devices and uh-huh. Spanish, Spanish right. Inquisition stuff. <laughs> so it's like I can have fun with that too. But I think that it's cool to see bands with a message behind it. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a Ramones po- like poster behind you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's same same idea. But it's I think it's you know it's it's good to hear that like yours in particular is getting to people who aren't just all a very like-minded bunch. Mm-hmm. Those like-minded bunch still there and they're still buying your records and that's still good too. Cause we, like, yeah. we can all use it. <laughs> well, I think it's cool. That's what I think is so cool about the current crop of hardcore bands that are really seeping through into those mass crowds. Yeah. Because they bring the hardcore mentality of like, this has a message and you can get with it or get out, but they're bringing it to a bigger amount of people mm-hmm. like the code orange, the, the knock loose. Yo, the, absolutely. Like obviously they don't have the traditional hardcore sound, but like they're there turnstile fucking power trip. Like they're all from that realm and they're all bringing that same mentality to the mainstream scene. And I think that it's like very necessary it's, it's it's underneath too it's like you being on stereo gum like that's oh yeah yeah I, I, and like i think that again like i i feel like what we've done is cool and i feel like it wasn't expected still like i still get I, i'm still surprised at everything that we this tour that we're on right now yeah i i i was like what the fuck like <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm driving a stolen car and I'm just waiting on like the 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 lights to come on behind me. But like, I love it. Until then, I'm just gonna keep yeah. on driving. Hang on to it. Great talking to you. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hell Thank yeah. you for asking me to do this. All right, hey, great stuff. Jake, giving us so much to chew on. The fact that this band set so many intentions early, put the time and money into those early recordings to make a statement, and they're absolutely reaping in those benefits. Surface Noise is one of my favorite records of this year, and really to hear about the type of impact that a rock band can have locally reaching people through means that I don't think about in 2019 but exists for a lot of people still and it's fucking it's just so cool to see that they're going to judiciary shows gives me a lot of hope was so pleased to have jake over really gain a lot from the conversation check out judiciary online judiciarytx.bandcamp.com pick up a copy of surface noise from closed casket activities closedcasketactivities.com if you're looking for a promo code my friends over at Axe Grind can help you out but I'm not exactly sure how you're supposed to spell that promo code so subscribe to Axe to Grind on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher, rate us write a review the website is betteryetpod.com email betteryetpodcast at gmail.com support the show on Patreon patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast all of God's money our tribute to Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot 
is available on our Bandcamp page, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. Thank you so much. Thanks to Chloe and Lily and Hadley. Thanks to Jake and to Tim and Adam Splitter. I wish I could just play that scene from Adam's Family Values as the outro. This will do us. Come back next week. Thanks, Bubbles.
好看。